When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon. Welcome to the run home on ECNZ with Kirsten Beeve. All thanks to McDelivery. Great to have you joining us today. And there is a lot to discuss after a super weekend of sport. A great weekend and a great start for the Warriors and their new era under Andrew Webster. The Crusaders are back up and running and the Blues are not. We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, the Goldies are back. If you missed that, we'll let you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, we're doing it every Monday throughout the Super Rugby season. We've got the Breakers head coach Modi Mayor on the show just after 4.30 News and Sport. BSI, Beavers World, you'll want to hear this week as well after a cracking week in Melbourne. After five, we've got Thomas Waldrum on the programme, of course, uh, former England number eight to talk all things Super Rugby, that Adi Savia incident. We catch up with Paul Mawati from the TAB and talk Beavers best as well because it was oh so close over the weekend. Plus, we've got your cream of the crop, all thanks to PGG Rights and Turf and $100 to give away in Drive to Survive as well. That'll be at about 5.40 tonight. After six, we chat with Pat Walsh, who's our SENQ breakfast host over there. Uh, he was one of uh, probably 8 million that wrote the Dolphins off in their first NRL game. And everyone's had to eat their words, haven't they? Super Rugby Player of the Week. We'll do that after six. And we have a Manchester United counselling session with the one and only Ricardo Ball. If you need to let it go, get it off your chest, 6.30 is the time to do that. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. And at this point, we will welcome in a Stephen Donald, who's probably had three hours combined sleep across uh, five days, and it's not from the children this time around. He's been in Melbourne and seen approximately two minutes of rugby. Oh, oh, oh. How was the craft beer and breweries in Melbourne? Oh, Kirst, I like the way we tell lies on this show just to make it sound better. Uh, yes, I'm back, and... Uh, as, as ever, Melbourne was as educational and culturally enlightening as always. I've been around many of the museums. and uh, <laughs> One but, of those cultural trips. But laneways, yeah, you know what cultural trips are like. I it's love probably, them. Yeah, it was very similar to your last cultural trip, probably. Yes, uh, highlights of Melbourne then. Uh, well, it have to be Super Round was cool. It was. Um, did you attend all three days of Super Round? I did attend all three days. And you were probably one of 100 in the crowd? Yeah. They, yeah. Crowds Att- are poor. Crowds are poor, yet they 
the organising of them are happy. That's that's the funny thing. I don't know what they. I don't know why it's not landing though. I really don't. Like you're in the capital of sport, and it's a and every Kiwi loves a three day weekend in Melbourne. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's not Look landing. Look at the crowds. I mean, we've got oh. a replay on behind us. Yeah. Absolutely poor. poor across the three days, considering <laughs> the amount of rugby and good quality. You want to watch these players oh. at their absolute best. I must. I must say, like I did feel sorry for the Saturday that was games. Such a good try. The, Tom the, Robinson. The Saturday games, I felt really sorry for. The boys mm. were running out. And it was crickets, like really was. And I just felt like these guys are out here to put on a show. Friday night was 15,000, they tell me. I think there's some GST in that. But, yeah, all in all, I think they need to, they need to do something because what's, what are they not quite getting? I must say, and this, is, this was obviously us being critical of the event while we're there, I look at the scheduling, mm. and on Friday night you had two of the heavyweight Kiwi teams, which mm. we all know there's a lot of Kiwis in, in Melbourne, mm. and then you had the home team as well. So All was done on Friday. All was done on Friday. From a from a casual casual fan's point of view, um, obviously the Kiwis that travelled over, which there was many, like, and it was quite cool on Friday night seeing all the Kiwis over in the jerseys. A, a, a scary amount of listeners to SENZ were over there. Don't complain about that, Beef. No, but it's, it's scary. That's a great thing. It's scary when people come up to you and um, suggest things like, uh, hey, Beef, what are you going to do? Lots of craft beer around here. And I'm thinking to myself, how does this man know me so well? And no, they I know remember. you better than you know yourself sometimes. <laughs> then I remember babe. they listened to our rubbish chat on the on the SNZ run home. So they know that I'm not a craft beer man and they thought I was going to struggle. Luckily, Peroni was actually in the lounge that I was uh, entertaining in. Mm. Um, but uh, no, a lot, a lot of our listeners, a lot of Australian listeners were there. We've got Townsville listeners. Shout out Brilliant. to my man. You were wearing a Crusaders jersey, which uh, I'll forgive you. But uh, yeah, we Tasman, uh, sorry, Townsville crew. There was the boys from Deep South who uh, also listened in. So no, plenty of plenty of Kiwis over there. But yeah, all in all, um, it's just not it's just not quite landing in Melbourne. And mm. do we need to do something different? Who did you catch up with? Who did you bump into over there? Uh, Except the boys. <laughs> uh, a few friends of the show, obviously. You're. Uh, yeah, Isaac Bosses. He was actually over oh, on was the, he, there? he was actually on another work trip. Work trip. He was on mm. another work trip. Um, he was doing his medical stuff, and oh, uh, no. Millsy was <laughs> Millsy was there. And uh, I actually bumped into not a friend of a show. I'm sure I can get him on now after meeting him for the first time. But Who's um, that? Jerome Hughes, the great oh. Kiwi halfback. Oh. just bumped into him casually. Did Lovely you? fella. We'll get him on beef. Yeah, we'll take him any day this week. I told him that. Um, he Durant- also told us that about Andrew Webster. Yes. We haven't had him on the show since not, last year. Geez, after this week, I thought he'd be. Real keen to get on the show, old Webby. But uh, no, ki- Kiwi's everywhere. Um, I'm trying to think. It seems like I've, I was there about a month, but I was only there for you three were. days. <laughs> I'm sure I've bumped into a few people. Uh, quite, I thought I had some a real um, situation on my hands yesterday, leaving Melbourne Airport. Uh, I was excited to actually get to the airport by the end of it. Um, and then went to the toilet. And the door was a bit funny to lock when I went to the toilet. You so I, on the aeroplane? No, no, no. In the, oh, in the airport? In the airport. And I had to really force it shut on me. Didn't really think um, that was going to be an issue leaving. I couldn't get out, so for about five to ten minutes, I am You're trying. Panicking. To, I'm panicking, trying to rip this door off the hinge. Was and then, there no one in the bathroom? No one else in the bathroom. Then suddenly, a man who also came in said, "You're right in there," because I'm trying to get my foot underneath the thing, and I was giving it a bit of a bit of curry. Or, or to be fair, the only sort of energy that I had left in me um, by that stage of the weekend. But we eventually got the job done. But uh, 
Yeah, she was uh, she was action packed. Um, Crusaders impressed me. Yeah, geez, they impressed me over the weekend. Mm. Couple of couple of their players. All well, the Highlanders didn't though, did they? No, they didn't impre- impress anyone. No, I mean, I the Highlanders. I think we're getting to a point where you know I've, we've talked in the past about how we're selecting our Super Rugby teams. Is it getting to a point where they have to get involved and say, hey, you're sitting on a bench in the Crusaders. Yeah. Next year, you are going to the Highlanders. And we'll so New Zealand rugby need to They have to, because if we carry down the same model, we're going to have three superpowers. I hadn't chucked the Hurricanes who are going good now in there. And then we're going to have Moana, who fought hard. But we might have Moana and the Landers both struggling to attract the players required to put on a decent show. Because, I mean, you talk about why it wasn't hugely attended well maybe Melbourne people know rugby maybe they don't but the fact is we had what three or four massacres there over the weekend um, which which weren't games of rugby Kirst you know mm. so like it's it's not good when after five minutes you're putting your feet up and trying to entertain yourself for the next 80 minutes because you know it's going to be a cricket score Oh, well, we know what you would have done to entertain yourself, Bev, so that's no problem at all. Uh, one on-field incident that uh, has sparked a huge debate is Adi Savia giving it the old slit across the throat when he was sent to the bin for 10 minutes. Uh, that was then reviewed, and they've decided it should have been a red card, uh, unsportsmanlike behaviour. He will front the Super Rugby judiciary tonight. It sounds like the minimum ban for unsportsmanlike behaviour is four weeks, max ban 12 weeks. Let's take a listen to the incident and uh, the subsequent apology from Adi Savia. No, I can understand the fans are furious around the gesture that I made, mate. It's just the heat of the moment kind of thing, you know, it's, it's footy, but I understand, you know, we kids are watching us, but, you know, we, we're in the heat of the moment, you know, usually that's out of character for me, so I put my hand up first and I apologise for that. Oh, mate, it's just normal banter in the game, mate, like, you know, um, and for me, I get a yellow card for a push and shove, um, I guess just the way rugby's going. So, um, you know, I've got to be better, mate. Um, and, you know, we're trying to clean up the game. So, you know, I understand, um, you know, the it's, it's no excuse for me, mate. I've got to be better. Don't worry, I got off the field and my old man called me um, and kind of grabbed me off. So that's a lesson learned. I feel like uh, if your dad's ringing me, you, Beef, and giving you it down the phone, that's harsh enough. Where do you sit on this incident? <laughs> nah, I, I sit absolutely nowhere. I, I, I think it's a complete over top. You talk about heat of the moment. Mm. Mate, if you are Adi Savia, one of the toughest people playing rugby, and you've got some midget of a halfback coming at you. He never loses it either. Yeah. And ne- got, when have you ever seen him lose it? If you've got some yappy little Australian halfback coming at you, then please. Like we've talked in the past about they've made it so sanitised now that wingers can come in and get involved in a push and shove. Mm. They come in because they're not scared of anything. It's not because they're braver than they were 20 years ago, but they know that no one can take any punishment on them. So, oh, look, he's probably going to get suspended, which is going to be an absolute joke. Like, I know the most outrages around the, the throat gesture. Well, we have that in the haka. And... You know. Isn't a bit of fire good in the game? Well, Sometimes it gets boring. It does Sometimes get boring. Sometimes you need a bit of fire. And, and I'm telling you now, is that little halfback going to be quite so lippy and quite so, oh, I can, I've got a chest, I can push people around too? No, he's not because he's not sure. Maybe Artie will lose it and go at him. Oh, I just I just honestly think it's ridiculous. If and he gets banned, you sort of wish, well, maybe he did do something. Yeah, well, she'd smack him. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. Because <laughs> then it was worth the yeah, ban. Yeah. This was nothing. Yeah, and the way people are, the way people are carrying on is as if the the gesture of the throat thing is worse than punching someone. Yeah, 
Let him punch him then. Mm. If he wants to come pushing and shoving amongst the forwards. That's what I say, Kiss. If you want to be brave enough to go and do that, then you gotta you gotta wear it. Well, as we've seen, I mean, in recent weeks, you've lost your cool beef. And <laughs> <laughs> with the elbows and the verbal abuse that some of your opponents have received, I do say if there was a judiciary around in South Africa, you probably wouldn't be sitting here with us, beef. No, but I also, uh, when I was playing fresh rugby, would not have gone and got push and shoving with a tough, tough number eight. Yeah. Where do you sit uh, on this argument, double eight, double three? Were you offended by it? Do you think Adi Savia should be banned when he fronts the judiciary tonight or not? Double eight, double three on the Temper and Bed Post text line or 0800 150811. Justin Marshall was on the rugby run yesterday talking about the halfback stocks in New Zealand. Who's impressed him uh, in the first two weeks of Super Rugby Beef? You'll like this one. We can't get the audio. <laughs> we can't get the audio right now, but I can paraphrase it. If I'm Aaron Smith, I'm not happy about sitting on the sidelines at the moment, to be honest, because the way that Brad Webb is playing, uh, he's just giving him more and more rope. You know, it's obviously out of his control, but uh, yeah, I, I feel that Brad Webb is very close to being our, our Premier Nine at the moment. That is for coming from Justin Marshall. Brad Weber is our premier halfback at the moment, or very close to it. This is a guy that couldn't make the All Blacks squad last year, B. No. He couldn't make the squad. He couldn't make the top three in New Zealand. No, and, I mean, there's been plenty of incidents like that in recent times. I mean, we've, got a, we've now got our number one front row that couldn't make the um, first squad of last season's uh, campaign. So I don't, I don't think you can read too much into that. I think you've got to go on, uh, as, as Marshy said, the, the form horses and... Uh, we all thought this halfback selection for the World Cup was going to be intriguing. It was probably mm. going to be the most hotly contested. We all had put Aaron Smith out on a out on a pedestal, and he probably he is still there. Like he's he's going to France, no, not a shadow of doubt. And he'd probably go as the number one halfback. But all of a it's sudden, perform, doesn't it? But yes, but all of a sudden, it's got very spicy about who are the other two. So you know, who was the number two and three coming into this Super Rugby competition? Obviously, Perinara got injured. Mm. Uh, he overtook. We were on the end of your tour. Your fin- guy's not going too bad. Finlay Christie. And then you've got a couple of young Tyros going mad on it at mm. the moment in, in both Roy Gard and Cortez Ratama. And I am still convinced that one of them might have to go to the World Cup to add something different to that group. I, I, I've, and performance. I mean, obviously Ratama hasn't played as much as Roy Gard. Roy Gard is playing and starting regularly for the Canes and putting in pretty good performances. Just a few touches around the uh, that first half, I thought. I know they slipped a little bit in the second half, but a couple of things he was doing in that first half showed that he's he's not just a young halfback getting to rucks and passing and tackling. He's got some control. He's his kicking game. He's, he's seeing things. He's making decisions at the base of those rucks and scrums. So, no, I think he's a big chance. And, and Cortez Ratama, I know he got Simbin there in Melbourne, but uh, and so he cut down his 20-minute his allocation. He's got to learn that if you're only going to get 20 minutes, boy, you can't be in the bin for 10 of it. But he's certainly, I think, uh, progressing as well. Well, we need to talk rugby league as well. The first round of the NRL certainly provided. The Panthers were upset. The Roosters as well, who came into the season as favourites. The Warriors win, which was absolutely brilliant from our boys. But the game or the result of the round, the newcomers, the 17th team in the NRL, the Dolphins upsetting the Roosters. The Dolphins... 
28 points to 18. The stadium erupts. The new boys with the two points. The Dolphins 28, the Roosters 18. There was an amazing display of rugby league. Uh, what we saw on the field, the crowd was there. Everyone was wearing the Dolphins merchandise for their first game. It was history in the making, Beeb, and no one picked it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's easy to look at it after then and go, oh, well, I suppose it was their first game, they're all the emotion, blah, blah, blah. But this is the Roosters that were playing. This Roosters team, if you look at it on paper, yes, there's a couple out, your Manus and your Crichtons and the likes, but it is a team that most people are thinking are going to be grand finalists. Mm. So unbelievable. Obviously, they've got the old master coach again, weaves his magic on them. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting now to see how far they go. A lot of, a lot of people were talking about how old the Dolphins Packers but they've this season campaigners and they've got they've got some young young power around them so no it's uh, it's an interesting one it's certainly not going to be a boring first couple of weeks in the NRL that's for sure top four the Dolphins and the Titans who would have thought two Queensland sides uh, that has prompted our text topic for the day we want you to get involved in it double eight double three on the temper and bedpost text line that was one of the greatest team debuts a team that is coming into a competition for the first time ever what is the greatest debut you have ever seen something that springs to mind that you'll never forget either an individual player debut could be super rugby debut an international debut and any code or a team that has come in first season first game what sticks out in the memory bank send us a message double eight double three or give us a call on the makita new zealand phone line 0800 150 811 we'll be back right after this We want to hear from you about a debut, the great debuts in sport of all time, either a team debut or a player debut after the Dolphins' victory over the Roosters, the game and the result that no one called. There's a couple that come to mind, the explosive WWE debut of Kane. Do you remember that? What about the New Zealand cricketer, Matthew Sinclair, who scored 214 on debut against the West Indies in 1999? Uh, Chris has said the Crusaders' first season in Super Rugby, 1996, they came last. It was absolutely brilliant, their <laughs> debut season. Yeah, I think there's probably some people that still wish we were living in happier times too. Yeah, well, they've gone on to have the last laugh, haven't they, after 13 titles since. They have a little bit. Mm. Um, another one that I guess we wish maybe didn't really kick on with, but um, David Warner, I remember he... One of the early years of International 2020, mm. he came on at the MCG, and I think he cracked 100. Or if not, did something pretty pretty close to it and just went absolutely bananas. And I guess for us fans who hadn't uh, heard of him before, he was just come from locally, it was uh, pretty impressive. And uh, obviously he's gone on all right too. Devin Conway, test debut, 200 at Lords, Not bad. That's true. Yeah, not a bad place to score. Yeah, Gets yeah, on the board. 200 on debut. Mm. Um Rugby players? Yes. Uh, so many rugby players have great debuts, don't they? Yeah, and I guess one, and I can remember my flatmate at the time, Sivadu, he scored four tries on debut against Fiji. And uh, he was having a laugh at North Harbour Stadium against them, really. Uh, so quite often the boys at debut on the wing or what have you have great debuts because often that first test of the year is against... Uh, a bit of a what you'd call a, a builder, mm. uh, so in Italy or someone like that, 
or a, or a Fiji. So yeah, some great time to debut. Yeah, if you're if you're on the end of a good chain. Mm. Keep them coming, double eight, double three on the Tempera and Bedpost text line or give us a call 0800 150 811. Uh, talking about Adi Savia and the moment he lost his call, someone said, doesn't a Haka version use the same gesture, gesture as Adi did? Yeah, uh, potentially uh, we do. And uh, that's why I'm not quite so sure that it's all that it's cracked up to be. Someone else said, Kirsty, no ban for Adi Savia. Blackfern, sevens gold, awesome. And Liverpool, seven zip over Manchester United. It was a great weekend of sport, Marks. Obviously a big Liverpool fan. Yeah, I, I, I didn't catch the Man Liverpool game, but uh, certainly seen shockwaves around this office, hasn't it? Uh... Can't wait to hear Ricardo on it. We are going to have Ricardo on a little bit later on. And talking about football, Spark and Oppo are having the Phoenix visit the Spark Commercial Base Store on Friday. Beaver and Ricardo will be there doing a special show this Friday to celebrate the launch of Oppo's first ever flip phone, the Oppo Find N2 Flip. Yes, the flip phone is back. If you thought they left it in the 90s, it is back and it is better than ever. You can come along to the Spark Commercial Base Store between 4 and 6 p.m. on Friday. This Friday, the 10th of March, and meet the entire men's Phoenix squad. You can get your merchandise signed, a photo with the players, and even play them in FIFA or futsal. If you've got an old school Phoenix jersey as well, trade that in for a brand new Phoenix jersey and you can get 40% off the new season jersey. Or if you buy the new Oppo Find N2 Flip during the day, you'll score your own Phoenix jersey for free. We'll also, or Beaver, will be doing live interviews with the team, a Q&A, so send through your questions and we might ask them for you on the day. Plus, we've got some double passes to give away to the game. The Phoenix are playing at Eden Park this coming Sunday. Send us in your score prediction to double eight double three on the Temper and Bed Post text machine. We don't know the result of that just yet, but we will pick a winner by the end of the show. So if you'd like to score a double pass to go and see the Phoenix at Eden Park in Auckland this weekend, send us your score prediction and we'll pick a winner before the end of the show. It's going to be a good show, Dave. Yeah, I'm glad you've reminded me of that because I wasn't actually aware of that one, but I'm looking forward to it already. Oh, it's going to Catching be Catching up the Phoenix boys. Oh, and uh, dropping your football knowledge, Beef. Yes. You always flex in front of us, but now you get to do it in front of the big guns. Well, I, don't, I know I told our listeners on Friday, Kirst, but uh, on uh, Thursday night, uh, after a bit, of, uh, a bit of work in Melbourne, I caught up with a couple of old mates and, and a few people to help me out over the weekend, and they brought a few mates along, and oh, they just happened, they just happened to be a couple of old Phoenix legends. Oh. Uh, so really increased my football knowledge. You'll be right at home yes, uh, when you're in the Spark Store this Friday at Commercial Bay. Get there if you can. Time for a news and sport update. We'll get back to the text line right after this. Brantley in the spin. Cooks with the cover. Three on the shot block and a nice move from Jarrell Brantley. Dow White leaves it for Derek Carden. Derek Carden gets the bucket and one. Bruce on the switch. Brown uses Carden. Three ball. Knocks it down. Barry goes bang. And that'll do us. Spark Arena game two. They came to see the Breakers win. 
Instead, they got a masterclass in grit and determination from the Sydney Kings. Yes, that was the one and only Andrew Mulligan. The NBL final series is all locked up between the Kings and the Breakers at one apiece. Next, they head across the ditch and play game three on Friday. Joining us to talk about it is the Breakers head coach, Modi Mayor. Modi, thank you so much for your time on the programme. Uh, you've had nearly 24 hours to digest that. How have you and the team reflected on last night's performance? Hey, thank you for having me. Obviously, we're not happy with the result, and we're also not happy with our performance. We didn't play the type of game that we wanted to play. Some of the credit goes to the Sydney Kings for defending well and impacting us in different spaces. But it's a series. It's not supposed to be easy. We're playing against the defensive champions. Um, we're looking forward to game three. Modi obviously talks about it's already game threes on the horizon, so how much time do you, do you actually put into looking backwards as opposed to looking forward when, as you say, it's uh, it's not one and one night, is it? So uh, I, I presume that already game three is forefront of the boys' minds? I mean, going forward is very much connected to drawing your conclusions and learning from game two. It's not just something we sweep under the rug. There's things that we didn't do well that we want to do better. There's things that we did well that we want to go from good to great at. Uh, looking at it, drawing our conclusions, building the practice uh, and the game plan based on kind of what we saw and moving forward is how you progress. What, what does your week look like between now and Friday? How many trainings do you get in and when do you actually head across to Sydney? So we fly on Wednesday. Um, fly on Wednesday, get another training in Thursday and then go into the game basically means we have three practices and a shoot run. You had no problem uh, winning on the road in the first game um, and you've obviously had a lot of success on that side of the Tasman throughout the season as well. What worked so well for you in game one? We managed to dictate the, the terms of engagement, the style of play. We controlled the tempo, we were the more physical team. Um, sometimes it also comes down to trivial and simple things that are important in basketball is making shots. We, we missed a lot of open shots yesterday that usually we make and the game would have kind of played out differently. Uh, and those are the shots we made uh, in game one and these are not shots that we shy away from. Those are shots we're going to need to keep taking and hopefully make them. How crazy is it that the away team has won every game this season between you and the Sydney Kings? Why is that? I think it's more nuanced than anything. Uh, not sure there's anything really to read into it. Both arenas have great environment. Spark was incredible last night. Mm. Gave us a lot of energy. Uh, I don't think there's an advantage playing away in this situation. Just think. Yeah, Sometimes for... weird things happen. Sorry, Modi. Uh, you just touched on Spark Arena, sold-out arena uh, for your first home uh, final series. Tell us what that was actually like, having your Breakers Nations fans in there for you and, and most importantly, for the players as well. It was it was incredible. Um, the energy that the building gave was real. Um, and more than just you know, them being loud and supportive and engaged, even though we didn't play um, our best game, you couldn't. You felt the love. You felt people mm. who what we do and how we play kind of resonates with them and um, they feel a connection to the team and that was a, it was a great thing to see. Well, uh, you'll be feeling a lot of love uh, from everyone for the next few days because everyone in New Zealand, as you know, is right behind uh, you. Thank you so much for your time, Modi, and go well in Sydney.
Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Thanks, Modi man. Mayor, the head coach of the New Zealand Breakers, joining us there. They missed a golden opportunity, Beeve, but all is not lost because we know how well they've performed on that side of the Tasman. Absolutely. It's, uh, it would have been nice to be sitting there 2-0, I'm sure, but uh, these guys, uh, I don't th- would have presumed thinking that they were going to sweep the, uh, the Sydney Kings and, and know how hard it's going to be, but... Uh, Quite a level sort of character, Modi, isn't he? Very level. What when you read into that, what sort of coach do you think he is? Well, we've talked about it in the past with Kim. He, he seems to obviously probably what goes on behind closed doors and the perception he has to when the public are completely side, different. He looks like he's screaming at them. Yes, because he doesn't when, seem like that at all. Whenever he talks in the media, it's always like, oh, you know, it's always almost that old school. Uh, Sort he's of mindset of, 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 protect, of protecting the players in public, yeah. And then, okay, once I get my hands on you, he rips them to shreds. Yeah, I'd imagine he's a pretty hard man. So, uh, who was that for you? Oh, <laughs> oh, Rens, Rens, mm. Rens behind closed doors is pretty, I can imagine. pretty hard. Uh, I think most most of it. I don't, not many New Zealand coaches will would, would publicly out any player. I don't think certainly in the modern day, I don't think they would. But. Uh, and but in overseas in Bath and that you had you had coaches that would openly criticise boys in the in the media, and which was which was a different way of doing things. Not sure it worked, but uh, yeah, he certainly seems to be one of those guys that uh, hard man, but uh, one and all in sort of scenario as far as the public perception goes. Mm, we'll keep your nominations coming through for the greatest debuts. Does anything top the Dolphins' first ever game in the NRL for you? Any single performance from a player or a team? Double eight, double three. Uh, the Adi Savia topic is getting fiery. Someone said, I've got to point the finger at Dane Coles on this one. He's a liability on the field. He is a hothead and ultimately cost the Hurricanes a yellow card and potentially... Artie out for four weeks. Coles Niggle on the field is out of control for someone of his maturity within the team. Imagine that happening in a World Cup quarterfinal and someone gets bin for pulling players off a Dane Coles pushing match. Just my two cents. That one's from James. Someone else has sent in something very similar about Coles being a liability and it just proves it once again. Uh, if he wasn't doing what he was doing, Savia wouldn't be in trouble so for, so for me, oh, admittedly, I didn't see the niggle of coals in the weekend. I was on the other side of the ground um, from where the, the melee erupted. But what I will say about the coals of the world, you put retellics. Yeah, there's a place for them. You put the retellics <laughs> in that bracket. You you know, you've got to have a forward pack that opposition need to know where that particular person is. And it's there's very little to be fearful about from a from a violence point of view in rugby anymore because of the way that the game's been cleaned up. But there's no way I'd be going to Paris without a guy like Coles in my pack, a guy like Retallick in your pack, um, Artie Savier, you know, I don't care if they're hotheads. They just, they're not hotheads, to be fair. They are very cunning. They are very, uh, cunning. Yeah, they are very, very cunning. clever. They're they like Eddie times. Jones off the field, but that's what they do on the field. But, they I mean, get under your skin. They're not throwing punches. If I frank punches, then you'd say, okay, a little bit silly. But they are the guys that opposition teams are looking for and not quite sure if they want to, They want that. They, they really want it that day. Every team's got it, right? You've got to have it. Every You've team's got, have it. got someone that just keeps chipping away. Because the, the alternative is you could put, get, you know, 23, 24-year-olds, eight of them, is be your all-black four-pack, nice guys, mm. you know, good rugby players. But you need a little bit of... Mongrel, you need a little bit of fear factor, and that's where there's a time and a place 
for your Saviors, your Artie Coles, uh, yeah, Artie Coles, a combination there, mm. uh, your Dane Coles, your Brodie Retallics to come in with, I won't say filth, but just a little bit of fear. On the Super Rugby topic, uh, the Goldie W Awards are back. Yes. Remember, we're doing this every Monday. We're handing out uh, the MVPs from Super Rugby across the weekend. Have you got who was your top performing players of the weekend? By the end of the show, we'll give you our top five. Uh, the number one player gets five points, number two gets four points, and so on. And at the end of the season, we'll calculate all the votes, and that player will be crowned the Goldie W for 2023. It's that Run Homes version of the Delhi M Awards. So get your nomination in. Who was your top performing Super Rugby player across the weekend? Give us one, give us three, give us five. It is totally up to you. This is the run home on ECNZ. All thanks to Rotoflinks by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Great to have you joining us. We're talking Super Rugby, your players of the weekend. Who have you got? This is for our Goldie M Awards. Our player of the round will calculate all the points at the end of the season and hand out our run home player of the season. For you, Beeve, you can't go past two players. No. Outstanding this weekend. Outstanding. I, How do you separate the two? You can't have one without the other because oh, they both helped each other. They certainly did. And uh, it was the first game of the weekend. And it was yeah. the masterclass from the Crusaders. And it was Harvey and it was Moanga for me. Harvey needs to be at 12, not at fullback. Jeez. He, <laughs> they talk about like the real, real good ones have so much time. Like he, he literally at times looks like he's playing in slow motion. But he's not, clearly. And he's creating... He's so creative when he's got things like, like, and I know when you're winning a game by 60 points, life's easy. It's front football, uh, teams are hanging off you and all the rest of it, but but jeepers, he looked good live. That kick that he put in for Richie, ridiculous. Beautiful. And Along it, yeah. with everything else he did, yeah. setting up, scoring tries, doing it all. There was and his defence too. Yeah, absolutely. And then Moanga, well, he was playing with them. He was honestly, it was, it was like Richie woke up in the morning and go, right, I've got 45 tricks I might try and pull out tonight. And he got to about 43, I reckon. Mm. He was just having a laugh. He was he was quite phenomenal. After maybe not an all too convincing performance against the Chiefs. So does that show the difference, obviously, when the pack's going forward, but when David Harvelli's next to him? You could you could you could say both those things. Uh, certainly the pack going forward helps. Um, but also, um, which probably hasn't been talked about hugely is I don't think there's any hiding from the fact that the Crusaders All Blacks I think had a bit more of a low-key build into the season Mm -hmm. where I think the Chiefs boys A went back early and B played pre-season game so so paid off well yeah it has paid off but I guess the proof will be in the pudding come title time but for a fact I mean you've told us you win titles in round one so Oh, no, no, you win them at the end, but I'm saying that the team that won the game in round one will win the title. But no, for, for me, it was those two this weekend and the, the, the another weekend under the belt, they really shone, shone through. So who would have your top points then? Would it be Harvelli followed by Richie Monga? I think it would be this week. Yeah. I think I flip a coin and I go, Harvelli, I just, I, just, I just loved watching it. I, was, I enjoyed watching him live, Kirst. It really was something. You don't have to agree with Beaver. You can cast your vote. Who do you think was the player of the round in Super Rugby Super Round in Melbourne? Double eight, double three. Sean Stevenson, hat trick. Just 
absolutely shining in the first two weeks. Consistency, yeah. two weeks at running. Yeah, it's good. It's good. He's, he's showing he's showing some real consistency at that level now. He's, he's showing consistency at NPC, so consistency from the Maldives, consistency from New Zealand 15, but now it's super level, which is where the All Blacks will be picked from. He's uh, he's showing some good signs, so just a long may it continue for, for Chiefs fans. And uh, again, at fullback, he, uh, he's shone through. The, the Chiefs backs, they... Um, you know, they're taking some, I would say, some hits as far as injuries goes. You know, there's some guy, obviously, Leonard Brown's already out, and there's a few that looked like they were nursing. I think Ethany went off fairly early doors at half time. I don't know if it was injury or, or what have you, but as I've said all along with them, they can take a few hits in the forward pack, but I don't think they need to take any more in the back line. They uh, probably haven't blessed with great depth in the back division. Well, here's a few more hits off the text line. Uh, Retallick uses his power and skills. He could influence a game with his mouth shut. For some reason, Cole seemed to be seems to be getting worse as he gets older. It's a cop blaming Coles. Artie just needs to be more disciplined. Also, guys, this is a one-off. Like, it doesn't happen every week. These are Fords who their whole life is about trying to have physical dominance on people. So if they get a bit carried away one day, every now and again playing for the Hurricanes... I can live a fat curse. Mm. I really can. But as I say, it was a little halfback. He probably run his mouth off a bit too much. This is how Beaver sees it. Yes, curse. Obviously, it was a big weekend in Melbourne, but mainly because of the amount of rugby that I had to watch and I really enjoyed it. I know it uh, didn't probably look as great as it could have on TV from this side of the ditch purely because of the vast amount of green seats that you could see. But as a concept, they've got to stick with it. They've got to make it work. If not Melbourne, then somewhere else. But as a concept for your rugby lovers to see the six teams going at it, and yeah, maybe get the scheduling a bit different, maybe have more local clashes, maybe big games, Kiwi teams going head-to-head. But as a concept, for me, they have to have to stay the course on this super round. And... To see all the teams in one spot, one after the other, it really was quite cool. And that had nothing to do with any beers that were going down. And that is Beaver Seasons for another week. I just wonder about uh, the city that this is in, Beave. Imagine yes. taking it to Fiji for the weekend. Oh, now you're talking. Take it to Fiji. Take it somewhere different. I know we talk about Queenstown, Mount Monganui, these places, but imagine going to Fiji or where else could you take it that's tropical that we people picked. would want to fly into? Fiji's obviously. Not just because of the locals, no. but everyone that would want to go there for a week. For a week, week in Fiji and sell other things around it as well. Absolutely. and I know Sponsored by Grins. Yeah, actually, it's a real good fit. I might, uh, I might talk to him about that. I think Melbourne's got one more year, so I'm not going to take on the Victorian government okay. and try and get it off them for next year, but Fiji... Would be a great spot. Obviously, they love their footy. Kiwis love going to Fiji. But that's the thing. I just can't get my head around the Melbourne thing. Like, yeah. Kiwis love going to Melbourne. Where'd you run into Jerome Hughes? What's, what's that? Jerome Hughes. Oh, just, just down the road in Richmond. Oh, was yeah, it? Was, yeah. What was he doing there? Uh, we were both in the same dairy, actually. Lovely. Yeah. I was getting... Purchasing Powerade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was uh, day after day after the round one round one perform uh, victory. Yes. Um, bigger than I thought. Quite a ch- quite a chunky uh, chunky fella, but lovely fella, mm. really really nice guy. So no, it was uh, bumping into one of our great NRL players. 
uh, message in here about the Dolphins. Uh, Felice Cafusi absolutely levelled the cheese. That is Brandon Smith, who of course is now with the Sydney Roosters. That's from Ian. Thank you, Ian. He did. Didn't they? Did you watch any NRL over the weekend? No, I didn't have an opportunity, no. unfortunately. Followed the Warriors on mm, the on the app beautiful. When, when we were over there live. Um, it certainly helped uh, Friday night's proceedings, seeing the Warriors get up. Jesus. A lot of relief, I think, for a lot of Warriors fans, knowing that that first one's out of the way. They're tough. They're mm. fighting fit. Resilient, some would say. Beef. I know it's only early. I know we're one game in, but very, very promising signs at the start of this new era, this new dawn with Andrew Webster. Great friend of the show here on the run home. Of course, that is our one New Zealand Warriors, and we've got all the commentary right here on radio. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to The Run Home on ECNZ. All thanks to Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Great to have you joining us today. Don't forget, we are talking sporting debuts, whether it's a, a great team debut like the Dolphins over the weekend and the start they had under Wayne Bennett, or an individual debut. Uh, Matthew Sinclair, uh, Conway, who else? Who have you got? Marcus Texton, a debut that he will never forget. Boris Becker, Wimbledon, 1985, and the WWE Undertaker used to do the slit across the throat. Yeah, and uh, I guess no one took the WWE seriously enough to come at the Undertaker, or they were scared of the Undertaker. Showmanship. Showmanship. Um, on what I guess, obviously, we're hyping hoopla about this uh, melee, um, but Adi Savir's form. Yes. My goodness. Irresistible. Again, like obviously. Does he make the goldies? What? Or are you not allowed to if you've had an offence against your name? I'll draw a line and say that's not an offence. He's still in the running. Um, no, just the power. Like there's a couple of times when he went back to a loose ball, and the Hurricanes were going back to it. He picks it up. Takes about three or four guys with him and still just the leg drive to get through tackles. Again, like seeing how Vili do his stuff live and with the time that he had and, and Richie also seeing them live playing well. It really is something a whole lot different seeing them live as opposed to on the TV because the, the power that Adi Savia was showing with some of his carries, you can see why he gets away with being an international number eight. Yes, he could be an international number seven, but for the balance of our team, it certainly works because just the strength on carry. Here's a wee insight into that incident. Uh, this is coming from the text line, who are often correct, Beeve. Uh, Ken's spoken to Ben O'Keefe um, unofficially, and it sounds like Artie is going to get two to four week ban, which would make sense. The Hurricanes have put out a press release saying tomorrow Jason Holland will front media on the Adi Savia fiasco and that is the last you'll hear from him. I think he's going to get banned. Yeah. 
Yeah, you probably will because this is the world we live in. Um, unfortunately. Uh, someone else has said, how many matches did that grubby Australian miss for deliberately <laughs> targeting the knee? That's a right. four-week ban? Essentially a four-match ban. Hardly seemed fair. That on Quintapaya. Yeah, well, Quintapaya's potentially missing any chance of going to a rugby Shocking. cup. Shocking, that one. Hurricanes don't win titles, guys. Just a statement from somebody? Yeah, well, <laughs> they're looking... Look, I may have to eat my words because I put them fourth in our rankings. Guess who they play this weekend? The Blues. Spicy. Isn't Actually, it? You want Artie to be yeah. playing these games. This no, is the thing. You can't have him sitting out. Yeah. You want him to be playing these games. Uh, on the Blues, someone's texting, uh, good afternoon, Super 12, Blues Hurricanes was good. Say, shame for the Broncos. Well, same for the Broncos. They beat Manly by 44. Also, the Warriors losing by three against the Broncos was not so bad. The Blues-Hurricanes game, they're talking to the 96 opener of Super Rugby at Palmerston North. Yes. With all the rock stars of the Blues mm. against all the rock stars of the Hurricanes too. Yes, that was, that was a debut, that for, was the a debut for, the, for the game. The whole of Super Rugby, yes. the first game ever. Absolutely. Um, no Artie, no chance, unfortunately. No. Can I throw another name into the uh, into the mixer for our Goldie W's? Get your votes in if you haven't already. Double eight double three on the Temperin Bed Post text line, or call us 0800 on the Makita New Zealand phone line. We're asking for your player of the weekend or your players of the weekend. Who did you rate in Super Rugby Pacific this weekend? Beaver's already thrown out Richie Moonga and David Harvelli. Remember last week, Mark Talia. Took home five points. Damian McKenzie four. Brody Retallick three. Bowden Barrett two. Jeremy Thrush has come back from retirement. He got a single point to round out our top five. I'm going to say Geordie Barrett. There is an interesting uh, competition going on for that 12 jersey. It certainly is. David Harvelli played exceptional. Geordie Barrett. Yeah. That's a spot. Well, Geordie, Geordie Barrett's going to be, I think, the All Black 12. So it's a matter so of... where does David Harvelli fit? He doesn't fit, does he? He fits probably squad at the moment. Isn't... Hmm... Mm. I tell you, Damien McKenzie potentially the fifteen jersey as well. Well, we, you no Bodie for you? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I don't know. I tell you someone. I, don't know. I tell you someone who did impress me over the weekend, and there'll be no all black jersey for him because <laughs> it became declaringly obvious that it, it wasn't it wasn't for him. But um, Peter Gus. Yeah. Oh, such an unfortunate story, isn't it? My word. Yeah. Should be playing at the World Cup. If not for New Zealand, then for Fiji. A couple of times he hit some short lines off uh, Brad Weber, just and you could see that no one else knew what was happening. You could, you could just hear a little because there was no one there. I could actually hear the communication, so you could hear Peter Gust a little squawk towards Webby, and he just hit a couple of lines, and you just thought, wow, mm. not for me, cursed, mm. not for me, getting in front of that. Not for any of us. <laughs> not for any of us. We'll all stay away. Coming up on the Maker's Menu. Thanks to Mick Delivery. We've got Thomas Waldrum about to jump on the line. Then we catch up with Paul Mawati from the TAB and we've got Cream of the Crop as well before rounding out the hour with Drive to Survive for a $100 TAB bonus bet voucher. After six, we chat Rugby League with Pat Walsh, who's the SENQ breakfast host, based in Queensland, of course. We do a Man U counselling session with Ricardo Ball after that 7-0 loss to Liverpool at Anfield this morning. And we talk our Super Rugby Players of the Week. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. This is The Run Home feature interview. Thanks to McDelivery. No, I can understand the fans are furious. 
around the gesture that I made, mate. It's just the heat of the moment kind of thing, you know. It's, it's footy, but I understand, you know, we kids are watching us, but, you know, we, we're in the heat of the moment, you know. Usually that's out of character for me, so I put my hand up first and I apologise for that. Oh, mate, it's just normal banter in the game, mate. Like, you know, um, and for me, I get yellow card for a push and shove. Um, I guess just, just the way rugby's going, so, um, you know, I've got to be better, mate. Um, and, you know, we're trying to clean up the game, so, you know, I understand. Um, you know, the, it's just no excuse for me, mate. I've got to be better. Don't worry, I got off the field and my old man called me um, and kind of grabbed me off, so that's a lesson learned. S-E-N-Z. Well, we're so lucky to be joined on the show today uh, by a former English number eight. Of course, he played for the Hurricanes and Crusaders back home, uh, but he carved out an impressive career overseas as well. Thomas Waldrum. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on the programme. We've just played uh, the big moment from the Hurricanes game, the moment that everyone is talking about. And of course, Adi Savia's apology immediately after the game. He recognised it was in the heat of the moment. Uh, it wasn't good enough. And he put his hand up and said, sorry. What did you think of the incident? and were you offended by it? I'm oh, definitely not offended by it, but it is it's the thing, it's here the moment, and mm. as uh, Bieber will know, uh, Halfax definitely get underneath, underneath your skin, so you sort of, um, they are very annoying creatures, but that's just, yeah, it's one of those things, I think it's when uh, kids and stuff are watching it, and um, real blazing, I remember having an altercation with Jimmy Cowan, instead of doing it like that, I normally, I think I just sort of nudge them on the ground, so you can get away with it a bit more, but um Yes, it's a hard, it's a hard thing because yeah, there will probably will be consequences, and it's just um, yeah, it is here the moment stuff. I was going to say, it sounds like you are speaking from experience there, so uh, good that you named and shamed uh, the man that did it to you. But he goes to the judiciary tonight, so things are getting a little bit serious. They've said it was a red card offence and it was unsportsmanlike behaviour. Do you think he actually will get banned, or was the apology was that enough? Uh, yeah, I hope not and stuff because then it's because at the hacker as well. I know sometimes it slips uh, up around the throat, but then yeah, you sort of got to take it in context. On it. it's yeah, it's a tough one. I hope he doesn't, mm. but it's um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Is it the way the game's going now? You sort of just have to just be on your best behaviour all the time. Yeah, world's gone a bit crazy, isn't it? I mean, at least Jimmy Cowan, he could actually back up his uh, rubbish chat and push and shove where some of these halfbacks that are uh, fronting up to the likes of Nadi Savi have got no place doing so, have they, Tommy? Oh, definitely not. And that's the thing, it's sort of, he, he could have done something worse as well with halfbacks, you know, when the hands are on the rucks, you'd probably stand on it. Although I'm not condoning it, but there's, <laughs> there's different ways of um, going around and doing it and stuff as well. Now, mate, obviously Hurricanes, a uh, big part of your life, they... Uh, I don't know. They they've got a bit of a feel about them this year. I've, they seem to be building quite nicely. What what have you made of the first couple of weeks of them? Yeah, I've uh, I've seen them train and stuff up in uh, the new institute and stuff like that. And and what they're doing was definitely impressive. And um, and that's the thing. I'm sort of it's only game two, but they're sort of finding their stride a lot earlier. And I'm just enjoying the, the backs play and just seeing some of these young guys have opportunities, um, which is exciting. And you've got the older guys around them um, guiding them. And I think that's. And that's where I think they've got a good balance at the moment and hopefully they, they sort of keep that and um, start building uh, more and more. Obviously talking about those summer young guys, obviously in your area of expertise, the, the young superstar, but I guess everyone's talking about, he started first game off the bench in the sixth one, uh, second one was uh, Peter Luckoy. What, what have you made of him, mate? Oh, mate, he's a, he's a, he's a specimen. He's definitely uh, built for the game and I think he's going to have a um, big future in the game as well, I think. 
that's the thing, him playing at seven and showing his versatility and uh, playing eight in the um, uh, NPC and stuff. So, no, I think he's got a bright future. And, and that's the thing, it's only a second game in. And um, as an open experience, the more you play and the more you want to be out there and, and you just build your confidence and stuff like that. And probably having guys at Ardy um, helping him out and, um, and Joy probably in the back line as well, probably just directing him and giving that information that, that you need to, to be successful at that level. What have you made of, of the other Super Rugby teams? The Crusaders, obviously, uh, first up lost to the Chiefs and then they absolutely annihilated the Highlanders over the weekend. Yeah, I was a bit tough. I did mention uh, with a fellow Englishman down um, in the Highlanders <laughs> saying, uh, welcome to Super Rugby. And then, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Freddie. And then, then, yeah, then seeing the absolutely spanked by the Crusaders uh, um, was, a, was a tough introduction for him. But that's the thing I uh, He's going to enjoy it and I'll try to catch up him when he's in Wellington. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. You, you can't write the Crusaders off, can you? But, and I like the Chiefs as well. Um, I love the, the driving wall from the Chiefs. It's big in, big in my uh, my book and they've they definitely got that in spades. And, um, so, no, I think that's the thing. The New Zealand teams are looking sharp and it's only game two as well, which is, I think is a really good thing. So you know that they've had some really good pre-season and what they're trying to do in the pre-season is, is definitely paying off in the, in the last couple, first couple of rounds. You reckon Freddie would a uh, long way removed from uh, a wet, uh, sandy sandy fields of uh, the English Premiership at the moment, mate? You, you reckon he wouldn't mind a bit slower pace right now? <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think he'd might need a nice uh, cider, a good cider <laughs> in his hands, just to uh, feel like he's at home, just to give him some uh, yeah, home comforts, I think. It's very early on, uh, but of course the Rugby World Cup is this year and everyone's going to continue to talk about positions and form. From what you've seen so far, who would be your All Blacks loose forward trio? Uh, oh, it's a, a tough one. Well, that's the thing, I, I, like Callum Grace, I, I really like the way he cut with his jib. I yeah. think the way he goes about doing things. Uh, it's a shame that he got injured so early on. Hopefully he can come back. Mm. Um, I'd like to see him have a crack, but then you sort of, you got Artie and um, and Sam, which have sort of been there, and um, yeah, and I love him, of course, like Shannon Frizzell at six, you need, need someone that's going to go after them and put fear in them, and I remember always uh, Eddie Jones saying um, that you need you need guys with 30 plus experiences at the World Cup to um, to go after and win it, so I think you have to stick with some of the guys that have been there um, and know how to how to win in these, in these tough, important knockout games, really. Mate, what we're talking about, the World Cup, obviously, and you talked about Eddie, uh, mm. been a bit of musical chairs in the last few months. Uh, Borfwick now in control of uh, England. Do you, do you foresee England, obviously, this close to the World Cup, knowing what they're strong at, knowing that they're going to have a guy in Owen Farrell who's going to kick everything as far as goals and they can bank on him, maybe resorting back to a real tournament sort of focus, a real England traditional way of uh, playing? Yeah, I think so. And this, I think there was... Uh indication I think a bit of an uproar I still follow quite a bit of the English stuff because it's sort of quite close to home and that um, with uh, Marcus Smith they dropped him and yep. played in the, the big big two showdown like um, talking them against Exeter and they gave him he gave him a, a good run around but it just shows you like if, uh, I think some of these young kids need opportunities like with the Ruben Loves and stuff like that they've got they're really exciting and you want to see them play but I think yeah Eddie's just gone back to what he knows and what's been successful in England in the past but I don't think that is going to is going to work in France this year. I don't think so. I think he should have time to breed some new guys, but I think he's just going to stick with the tried and tested and the guys that yeah that have, have been there and done it for him in the past. 
Thomas, what are you doing now? Why you said you've been up to uh, check out the Hurricanes at their training facility. What are you doing with yourself in Wellington? Uh, so I work for Mitre 10, so I'm a, a trade rep. So uh, one of my building crews are looking after the new apartments up oh, there. Oh, nice. So, so I get to go up there and bring the, bring the builders a few coffees and, and have a look over my shoulder too. And I, I, don't, I don't tell them what I did in the past, um, but they always wonder why I'm there every, every uh, couple of days. <laughs> well, uh, you may wish that you didn't say that because Beaver's always after building material. And this, now he this knows. That's true. <laughs> I'll get it shipped up from Wellington now. <laughs> Oh, mate, yeah, yeah. Mighty 10 will definitely look after you all around the country as well. <laughs> Champion. Thank you so much, Thomas. Appreciate uh, getting you on the program today. Um, and hopefully we can talk to you again this year. We used to sing Just like that. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-
no. That result hasn't pushed punters towards the Brumbies. But there were a few that followed your lead and from the Brumbies at those very, very juicy odds um, to upset the Blues, which is exactly what they did. I guess in terms of multis, though, boy, oh, boy, there are a lot of multis that were finishing on the Blues on Sunday. Mm. And so there are a number of very, very upset punters who only needed the Blues to win to have a nice little collect with their four, three or four, five-leg multi, all finishing on the Blues. And if they had just listened to you, and I think Stapp also said, take the Brumbies plus the points. I think they were about 10 and a half point underdogs uh, last week against the Blues. 11 and a half. That's just, that's given money away. I mean, it was in Australia. The game was in Australia, (laughs) across the other side. But, yeah, so those that did follow your lead and Staff's lead, they're very, very happy. Those who had the Blues as their final leg of their multis, they're sort of licking their wounds and looking at the upcoming weekend where the Blues are favourites again. (laughs) They're not at home either. They're taking on the Canes. The Canes are 240 to win this weekend. I guess the big thing is, Will Artie Sevilla be there? Because mm. um, he he's huge. You can see the effect that he has on um, the Hurricanes and their performance. If he's not there, then the dollar sixty on the Blues to beat the Hurricanes looks like a wee bit of value for mine. Yeah, it becomes quite juicy. I just wonder: is this the game that I know? If nobody Sevilla makes it very difficult, poorly, but I notice that they're at home and still two forty. Is this the game? that the Hurricanes need to win to not only convince the fans, but maybe convince the TAB that these guys have a real deal. <laughs> we, we, we always respect the Canes. Don't worry about that, Beaver. We always, in fact, I think they're on, what, the fourth line of betting in the outright um, Super Rugby market. Of, of course, the Chiefs uh, and the Crusaders, are at the top there. Um, The Blues, after that loss, uh, just dropped back. I think they're around 350 now, and the Hurricanes are on that fourth line. So we still respect the Hurricanes. We know on any given day, if they turn up, they can beat any team in the world. So, yeah, they're 240 at the moment, but I'm just waiting to see. Does Artie play? If Artie doesn't play, well... I don't know which. I think the dollar sixty on the Blues is huge because he takes a big chunk, not just offensively but defensively. He rallies that sort of a lot. You can see him. He makes a tackle, gets back up. He's made another one before anyone else knows what's going on. So, yeah, he's a, he'll be a big, big loss if he doesn't get to turn out for the Hurricanes this weekend. In terms of the other matches, we've already touched on the Chiefs. They're a dollar eleven favourites to beat the Highlanders, uh, and I'm just looking down at Crusaders. They're a dollar seven to beat the Fijian. Drua, um, you, you have to think. Um, although the Drua uh, have shown glimpses of very, very good form, the Crusaders should be uh, too tough for them. Uh, and where else are we looking? Um, I think, Matt, have I, have I mentioned all the teams now? I think I have. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I've mentioned all of the Kiwi teams. Yes. Um, and just before we let you go, Gigi must have had to fork out some money for those <laughs> Warriors. Hey, they got up. They did. However, however, we were saved by the Dolphins. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, once, again, once again, those multi-punters, had a, there were a lot of multis finishing on the uh, Sydney Roosters, who were very, very warm favourites to tip over the Dolphins. 
Um, and so Wayne Bennett and the Dolphins did us a huge favour on Sunday uh, by coming out with the win. Now, I've already had a look uh, ahead to this weekend. No respect for the Warriors. They're 12.5-point underdogs against a, a wounded Sydney Roosters team who will be looking to get their first points on the board for this season. But the Dolphins, there's no respect for them either. They were, to, to be fair, the punters have told the bookies they've got this wrong. They were $2.90 to win against the Canberra Raiders this weekend. They're now into 265. They were seven and a half point underdogs. They're now six and a half point underdogs. I think the money will continue to come for the Dolphins because as we saw, they beat a very, very good Sydney Rooster side. But the big thing for me was their defense. It was very, very good. And that's just, they say defense wins championships. Well, they look very, very good defensively. Dolphins now 265. The Canberra Raiders $1.45. But the early money has come for the Dolphins. We're 290, now into 265. Thank you very much for your time, Paul. All eyes will be on the judiciary tonight as well. couple of debut performances uh, getting the votes. Something that stands out more than the Dolphins' first up victory over the weekend, B. Jim from Tamuka, F1 started, and our favourite friend of the show who's never going to be on the show got first. <laughs> What's his name again, Beef? Do I need to? Do yes. I need to, do I need to? Today you do. Uh, it's my man, Ben Schratz. It is. Yeah. Max, of course. Good, and Good driver. Jim's piped up this week because the Crusaders on a roll. Can you call one game a roll? <sighs> Jim. It's a bounce back, isn't it? It's a bounce back. But, they needed uh, it. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm sure. I'm sure they will get a roll now. They, some of their big, the big hitters, they're staying afire and, and warm into the season, as they say. Oh, and his brother PJ is on the line too. Coles made friends for life with Pablo Mateta in the test last year with that mouth of his. Now he's produced another perler, and Artie pays the price. What did he say? Would you like to know what that halfback said to get Artie Savia so fired up? I wish we knew that. I wish we were told that information because then you can make an accurate decision about whether Artie rightly or wrongly reacted. Well, let's live stream the judiciary tonight. I mean, the, the rugby bodies are always looking to make a bit of money. Australia, rugby needs the money. New Zealand's always looking to make some money. Let's live stream it. I think it'd be quite fascinating. I think there'd be people wanting to watch it. Mm. Maybe about a 10 bucket per head. Mm. Brilliant. Mm, good. Uh, Richard said it's Jimmy Cowan's birthday today, so what a better way to get him on. Babe, you better message him and say happy blimmin' birthday. That spot's still up for grabs. I didn't get a notification telling me it was young Quinton's birthday. I'll have to have a look. You'll have to message. Yes. Uh, and this one from Cullum. New year, new radio adverts, Beaver. Love it. <laughs> Which ones are you talking about, Cullum, that we need to go back and listen to? <laughs> Probably every live read I've ever done. <laughs> and why aren't we questioning what the halfback actually said to make Artie fire up like that? It is so out of character. I totally agree, Cullum. Totally agree. Cam reckons book it in Damien McKenzie to be the starting 10 at the World Cup for the All Blacks well he outplayed Richie Moonga last week didn't he he's building his he's building his campaign nicely I, I won't say he's building his case because um, I'll be accused of bias to say if I agree with Cam but I certainly think that the the Richie or Bodie will be the front runners well, well at the moment we are presuming that Richie will be the 10 and Bodie will be the 15 how they finished on the end of year tour so but Damien McKenzie I don't think there's any doubt now 
in people's minds. I know before the season started, there was you know a lot of questions saying we've already made the World Cup. I I, I never once doubted it, for, but I think now he's starting to put a compelling case that he'll be a part of game day 23s. Yes, so he is going to bounce Stephen Pedalfetter out of that World Cup team. You'd think so. From a numbers point of view, I can't see how he could carry the you four can't. of them. But no. Stephen will be in there next year. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just a, one of those small setbacks that he has to wait his turn. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. At least there's an injury, which we hope there isn't. No, but there's always chances, isn't there? There is always a chance. There is always a chance. Time now for cream of the crop. Grain Corp feeds your trusted partner for quality summer dairy feed options. How could we go past those one New Zealand warriors that win in Wellington twenty to twelve over the Newcastle Knights to get their season off to a bang? The Warriors run underneath the sticks through Egan. He goes towards the right to Johnson. He's got some time and space. Gets the pass away to Pompey and it's Cossie. Oh. He scores in the corner. The Warriors are back in it. What a great try. What a great offload. Right. The Knights defender. He gets up and plays it slowly. Here's Egan looking for Bunty Alfoa. Can he stretch out the arms? The crowd like it. I think Alfoa likes it. The referee likes it. So it's another one for the Warriors. Just moments after their first... They now lead eight points to six, courtesy of Bunty R4. And here can. goes Eden, oh, Wade Egan, I should say, right through the middle. It caught us all napping, George. There is try number four for the Warriors. You would think that gets them home. He's 18 points to 12, put them up with a kick to come, basically right under the sticks. And they'll hold him down there as the clock winds down. They might get one more play in here. The Knights, no, the referee has blown the whistle. The Hooter has sounded and the Warriors have started their 2023 season in perhaps the most perfect way possible. 20 points to 12 victors on the back of some very strong defence. I know it's only one game, Beaver, but it was an incredibly strong start. The resilience, the fight that this team showed. You've seen it, you've felt it after talking to Andrew Webster himself. They showed what they're going to bring, and they will be better this year than they have been in the last couple. Yeah, we certainly, we certainly all think that, don't we? And we hope that. And it was so important oh. that they got that first win. And I mean, it's not a bad Knights team. It wasn't a bad Knights team. Oh, I read some reports, obviously, a bit of controversy around the HIAs and, and whether Callum Pong and need to go off. Well, it was an opportune time for the Warriors for him to go off because the final 10 minutes to go. He's not one man that you'd really want on the field because he can just make things happen out of nothing. But to your point about the Warriors are different. I mean, yes, it's one game, but geez, let's let's have that hope anyway. Mm, and celebrate them. Absolutely. And this this game this week will be interesting. Roosters, obviously, a whole lot different kettle of fish as far as quality of opposition. However, they're coming off a loss to the new boys, and maybe they're not quite as good as we all thought they were. Remembering Roosters last year started quite poorly too, so. No, opportune not, time to take opportune them on time then. indeed for the Warriors. So mm. I'm looking forward to to seeing that this weekend. And that is why our One New Zealand Warriors are the cream of the crop this week. All thanks to Grain Corp Feeds, your partner for high quality dry and liquid summer dairy feed options, supplying farmers nationwide. Coming up, we play Drive to Survive. It's a hundred and fifty dollar TAB bonus bet voucher up for grabs today. So give us a bell right now on the Makita New Zealand phone line. You know the number to call: oh eight hundred one. 50811 take on beef for that 150 bucks. This is drive to survive. 
This could be fantastic because it's Monday and this is your chance to top up your TAB account with a $150 TAB bonus bet voucher. I must say before we get into it, Beav, uh, Beaver's best. Three oh. out of four heartbreak. Yes. Yeah, and it's a funny one um, because... Uh, Paulie was saying about all these different uh, multis that were finishing on certain results. Mm. Well, we got all those results. You got them all. We got those results. We got the Dolphins with the point start, the Brumbies with the point start, the Crusaders minus 19. We were waiting on the force at $2.90, which was uh, the tip from our man in Christchurch, Mark, and unfortunately didn't come through. And So Mark went home empty-handed, but he wasn't the only one that went home empty-handed. I had my personal multi. I multi up my entire super... Super round every uh, every weekend, and uh, obviously I was only waiting on the force as well. And after I was in the in Melbourne, and I was asking a lot of people their thoughts: Should I cash out now? I've got the Brumbies, I've oh, got the big one, at the cash and out. I was watching the cash out, and it was about a third of the divvy. So I was thinking, tell you what, it's better than what I started the day with. He didn't though. Didn't cash out. He didn't. No. You followed your your heart and not your head. Yeah. Yep. And now. I am, You're paying the price. I am poorer for it. And uh, you are not allowed to enter Drive to Survive, but no. our lovely listeners are, and we have nearly got a full house. So let's get into it for $150. We're playing Drive to Survive. We certainly are. We're going straight to what is now the top of Hurricanes country, now that they've got rid of uh, the Naki boys over to the Chiefs. We're going to Palmy North, which is where we talked about one of the great debuts, the debut of Super Rugby earlier on the show. And we have got friend of the show, Lemmy. Lemmy, how are you, mate? Oh, good. Good, guys. Good afternoon, uh, Kirsty and Stephen. Good afternoon, Lemmy. Lemmy, let's try and get you some money in your account. It's uh, We're, we're going to start in a... i tell you what. Who, did you this was the, the last did you question the, that we slipped up on on Thursday. Ah, it was remember? too. It was too. You, oh, yeah, no. I hope you're listening, Lemmy. It's not an easy one. It's not an easy one. I know. Nick. <laughs> Hang around, Lammy. Here we go. Which country hosted the opening weekend of Formula One? Oh, oh Bahrain? Yes! We're that up and running, Lammy. We're up that and is running. the Warriors, round one. <laughs> well done, Lammy. Oh, we still got that one right. Sweet is. You're selling yourself short. You're on fire here. 150. Well, it could be going to Palmy North if Lammy continues. Question two. Let one. Who are the defending champions of the Australian NBL? Oh, that'd be the oh, Sydney King. Yes, stick with your gut. Oh, oh, oh. Stick with your gut. Whatever pops into your head first, I reckon, Lammy, you are on fire now. Yeah. Question, th- <laughs> question three, let one. With Lammy here on our way to 150 from our great mates at the TAB. Who are the Black Caps about to play in two test matches? Uh, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Flying. Bit of an underwhelming sort of series after the, 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 the basin. The, the basin and, and having the English here <laughs> with the Barney Army and all the rest of it. But I'm sure the Black Caps have plenty they want to get out of this series. Yeah. Question four, let one. Arsenal is on top of the English Premier League table. How many points clear of Manchester City are they? Oh, I think it's five points, I think. <laughs> this, is, this is what they're starting to call a clinic from Lammy here. Curse, very impressive. Question one, lap two. 150 is getting ever so closer to Lammy's 
back pocket. Who won the New Zealand Golf Open yesterday? Oh. Brandon Jones or Brendan Jones? Give it, give it to him, babe. Larry, give it to him. Larry, this is sensational. Question two, lap two. This is this is an easy. I'll give you the tip. Who has Sydney Kings star Xavier Cox signed with after the NBL Championship Series with the Breakers? And I'll give you one more. It's an NBA team. It's an NBA team. Okay, it's, uh, I'm sure I heard of it. I think it was the Washington. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Lenny, Ooh, this, is, this is one of the all-time. This is more than a clinic. What do you oh, call that, B? Oh, 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 an exhibition? I don't know. This is one of the great, great performances we've had in Drive to Survive for a long, long time here. <laughs> getting up to Beaver at the 2011 World Cup. Oh, I dare say these questions were... Oh, you reckon? Hey. Lovely boy like Beaver. These... <laughs> You're still my hero, mate. <laughs> Oh, cheers, Levy. These questions haven't been easy ones today, Kirst. Often uh, the young producers coming on a Monday, a bit hungover, a bit dusty, so they get easy <laughs> questions. But when you've got the boss riding the questions mm. on a Monday, whoa, oh. he is out doing himself, of course. For those that didn't know, we've got the Rube Dog on the uh, buttons and uh, keeping it all under control too, very nicely. Two away. Two away here with Lemmy. Bring it home. And I think this is actually the easiest question we've had all day. So I don't want to put the mocker on you. I think oh, you'll be fine. The Redcliffe Dolphins won their first ever NRL game against mm. the Roosters yesterday. What was the score? Oh, 28-18? Lemmy, Lemmy, Lemmy. 150. Is oh, about... God. To be put in the mail. I don't know if we do we send it by mail or how do we do this? Probably be online, Beef. Online. I would say. Okay, mm. here we oh, go. Don't make me nervous, here we go, Lemmy. <laughs> Scotty McLaughlin was on track to win this morning's IndyCar opener before a crash on lap 72. He was penalised and finished 13th. Who was the driver that he took out of the race in the crash? Oh, it was that fellow Goizon, his last name was Goizon. Oh, Lemmy. Oh, yeah. That was sensational. Oh, jeez. Oh, 150. Oh, you're my Oh, thank you, Lemmy. But that performance of yours, that was better than the debut from the Dolphins over the weekend. Oh, that was better than yeah. a clinic and an exhibition. <laughs> well done, Lemmy. Oh, guys. 150 no, thank you very bucks. much. I really, appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy yeah. that. Uh, and let us know what you turn the $150 bonus bet voucher into as well. All thanks to our great mates at the TAB. That is Drive to Survive. Done and dusted for another week. When we come back, we're going to analyse our Super Rugby tipping competition. Remember that little <laughs> number, that duel between Kirsty and B? <laughs> I've just yeah, seen. I'll tell you who's winning that. <laughs> This is the run home on ECNZ with Kirsten Beave, all thanks to Mick Delivery. Time for our Super Rugby tipping competition update. Remember, we're doing it at a straight head-to-head format between myself and Beave every weekend. Uh, last week, I was ahead by one. 
This week, I've gone five from six, and by my calculations, Beaver is four from six, which puts me up by three, Beave. Your retort. Yeah, look, this is heavily skewed in your favour by the fact that you're doing the calculations and the results page. Don't you remember who you picked? I do remember who I picked. And I'm, you I'm, picked the Drua, the Force, and the Blues. I think I reneged on the Drua, because I, I want you know... You wanted me to pick all the upsets so it could make it interesting. I'm sure I didn't have the drawer in the end. Okay, well, you definitely had the force who got blown off yeah, the park by the reds. I did have the force, yes. I and you had the blues. I don't think I had, you, the, blues you had the blues because I've been, I've got my account, my TAB account shows how much I was in on the Brumbies. Did, do you remember, did Beaver have the Blues or the Brumbies? Uh, if you can't let us know, we're going to go back to that audio from Thursday and confirm. Otherwise, it puts me one up, but I'm pretty sure. I'm two up for this weekend, Beave, which puts me three up altogether. Don't forget, you can still join our ECNZ Super Rugby Tipping Competition in 2023. Go on our website, tipping.ecnzradio.nz, to win some epic prizes like the ultimate New Zealand sporting experience for you and a mate worth $2,500. Well, after the brilliant debut of the Dolphins over the weekend, we've been asking you, what is the best debut you have ever seen in sport? If you want to get involved, double eight double three on the Temper and Bedpost text line or call us anytime on the Makita New Zealand phone line. Roll the outdoors with Makita's power garden tool. Troy has said John Daly, 1991 PGA Championships B, first major for him, and he was the only he was only an alternative. Lucky to get the start. Also, what I hear, Israel Dag's Charles Tour debut was quite <laughs> oh, eventful Troy. too. Uh, Troy, that's 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 brilliant. Um, <laughs> oh, geez, I hope as he just happened to be walking past the studio. Oh, then. He'd how, be jumping straight on if he heard that. How did he go? Didn't make the cut. Didn't make the cut. Because no. we talked to him. When did we talk to him? Thursday. We talked to him. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, was Friday 40. was the day. And he went out Thursday night, remember, and had a late tea time Friday. Yes, he thought he had some room. Mm, yes, some well, wriggle room. Didn't make the cut. Mm. I think he finished about 53rd, tied for 30, 53rd or something like that. Same as Baz. None of those athletes made the cut. Stephen Fleming was the best of the lot, I believe. Um, but it's, it shows you how hard it is, isn't it? Top 40 make it. It's really, really hard when you're playing against these pros. I wonder how he went on the 18th at 7 o'clock when the party was started and he was coming in there hot. Oh, he would have been jealous thinking, <laughs> why am I not in there? I haven't made the cut. I'm coming down. 
and you're all partying and have been for hours. Yes, yeah, a bit of FOMO there uh, mm. from the young fella. But, I'm sure uh, quite a bit of FOMO. <laughs> I look forward to hearing more. If there's a special sporting debut for you, let us know on double eight double three. But coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, we've got Pat Welsh joining us in just a moment. We go through our Super Rugby Pacific and Opiki players of the weekend. Plus, talk about our goldies and who gets our five points for this week before a Man U counselling session with Ricardo Ball. Yes, he needs it. And some of you Man U fans certainly will after that 7-0 loss to Liverpool at Anfield earlier this morning. That is the Macca's menu. Thanks to Mac delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. The Dolphins, history of Suncorp Stadium. They've beaten the Roosters 28 points to 18. The stadium erupts. The new boys with the two points. The Dolphins 28, the Roosters 18. An absolutely brilliant start for the Redcliffe Dolphins. You'd have to be happy with that if you're Wayne Bennett and the fans. We're so lucky to be joined by SENQ Breakfast host, Pat Welsh. Pat, thank you so much for your time. Have you ever seen a better debut? Uh, Rarely. I mean, we all saw it coming, didn't we? (laughs) All of us. (laughs) Look... uh, I've been working alongside Bennett as a journo coach relationship uh, since 76. And nothing surprises me about him. Uh, quite frankly, he just built a tough, old, hard Ford pack. And he let, uh, he let everything run around that. Uh, the fact that Kafusi produced uh, a game for the ages and got all the, uh, all the man of the match accolades and the Arthur Beetson medal, mm. etc., was, you know, was an inspiration to the young ones around him. So, look, it's... Uh, how you say it, a bits and bobs team he's had to assemble. He, he didn't he didn't come in with a marquee player as we all know. That the one that he was really chasing was Cameron Munster. Uh, that didn't happen in the end. So he he went with what he'd got and he played one of the Premiership heavyweights and they gave him a talent. But you talk about they played one of the Premiership uh, heavyweights. There's no hiding from the fact that this Roosters team on paper and so many people ticking them to either make the grand final or win the comp. So it wasn't just that they were they were picking off the West Tigers or anyone. It was a it was a proper it was a proper NRL team. What does it say about this team going forward? Uh, is there is there hope for the Dolphins that uh, this as you say this this old Ford pack of tough tough hombres that he's got might just be enough to uh, dent this competition this year? No, I think they certainly will. They they got to they got to dent a few reputations uh, for sure. Look. Uh, I can even go back to the first day of the Broncos and uh, Bennett 35 years ago. They beat the reigning premiers that day, 44-10. Uh, and not, not too many of us saw it coming, even though that side boasted the likes of Lewis and Gene Miles and Greg Dowling and quite a few of the old test hardheads. So we, we sort of expected something from the Broncos on their debut. We weren't expecting quite as much from the Dolphins, but... You know, we're all all too silly, I suppose, to underestimate Wayne Bennett, who is in his 70s now and just kept producing. But it, it's huge news over here uh, yeah. in Brisbane. It, it's been front and back page news. So just the fact that a team has made its debut, 32-odd thousand at Suncorp Stadium yesterday, a sea of red. They've got these little dolphin um, cut-out things that they all use and they're getting their fins out, as they say. <laughs> There was, a, there was a lot of noise at the stadium. So, look, I think it's fantastic. Um, as, as Wayne said in his press conference post-match, that it, it would have been a severe setback had they got a belting or had they been beaten. You know, there would have been a lot of people out there saying, well, we told you so. Uh, 
Well, now, now he's saying to us, to the sceptics, that, uh, look, see, I told you so. When you when you talk about that uh, 32,000 that was there and the, and the fan base that's now uh, starting to show themselves, would have they been, two years ago, Broncos fans who now have an affiliation with Redcliffe, or is this, is this, are these separate fans? Look, Brisbane is not completely Broncos exclusive. Uh, because of the, the Super League wars quite a few years ago now, uh, and the arrival of the Broncos when we had a very healthy club competition within Brisbane and the South East. So there are a few that never, ever attached themselves to the Broncos bandwagon, and they were looking for something to, you know, something to do, I suppose, on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Uh, the Titans are a good hour or so down the highway at the Gold Coast. Uh, as we know, the Cowboys are a long way north. So... A second team in this part of the world seemed in- inevitable. It finally came. So I think they've already got 20-odd thousand members. Uh, they've sold out next week's game at KO Stadium, which is down in their home area at, at Redcliffe on the on the peninsula here. So, yeah, look, things are, things are looking great, and they, they'll have a good... They've got a good, solid base. Pat, if we look at the other matches in the NRL, Titans, you mentioned them, they're sitting in second, Dolphins in third after the first weekend. Obviously, the Roosters were upset. So, too, were the Panthers. What did you make of, of the round one action? Well, in in Brisbane at the moment, they're calling it a maroon wash. So, all four Queensland teams victorious over the weekend. Don't know how many times we're going to see that for the rest <laughs> of the season, but but we'll celebrate, we'll celebrate in the moment. So, yeah, look, the, the Bronx over Penrith at Penrith. Yeah. Uh, the loss of Kikau and Coruscant, uh is really coming home to bite, I think. Um, we know that they've been virtually untouchable the last couple of seasons and they've, they've raised the bar for, for club sides. But they, they looked a little vulnerable the other night and the Broncos tackled their backsides off, if you'll excuse the French, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, they rattled them. You know, it, it rained, so it was never going to be a high-scoring match. And they kept them in bay. So the Broncos' win was outstanding. A uh, lot, of, lot of hype around the West Tigers and the, and the players they've signed, the new coaching regime. They were really disappointing. They were rattled by the Titans. And the Cowboys scraped home against a, a resurgent Raiders. So the, the four Queensland teams all victorious, and they're getting a lot of news here. I suppose of the others... Um, Manly, outstanding. Charlie mm. Cherry Evans, masterclass. And I've got to say, you know, the Warriors over here uh, are pretty much everyone's second team because of, of, of what they've been through with COVID. And, look, and I don't think I'm overstating it when I say that, that everyone has, has a great empathy for what the Warriors had to go through and their families had to go through and their fans had to go through. Mm. So every time the Warriors grab a win, it's celebrated over here to, to a certain extent. It, it really is. There's no, you know, there's a, there's a great love and a great appreciation for what the Warriors did during COVID. Talking about the, the obviously Warriors getting off and to a good start and, and I guess Warriors fans felt they certainly needed to, to start the, the season. Well, Pat, when you look at those other teams and, and a few of them you did mention, this far out, is it is it already concerning? But obviously, you, you mentioned the Tigers. Jeez, there's some been some hype around them all off season, and then the Titans went and sort of put them away. And obviously, the Titans haven't exactly had the greatest few years either. No, that's right, and they come with a lot of hype. The Titans, they always seem to be because they paid that one plus million for for Feeder 
who really wasn't worth it last year. He's playing for a contract. There's no doubt about that. He looks a little trimmer than he has been in previous seasons. And the fact that he's now got Kieran Foran there, quite frankly, last year, Justin Holbrook made no no bones about the fact that he couldn't wait for Foran to come and just add a little bit of experience to his spine. And to have him running, have Fafita running off Foran, they're going to be a threat this year. Any team, any team that's got Tito playing the way he is and a rampant Fafita are going to be in the conversation. So, you know, they're talking them about top eight. You've got to remember, round one, there was a lot of drop ball. There yeah. was a lot of, a lot of you know, clunky football. So let's, let's wait a couple of weeks. But I think the ones, you know, aside from the ones down the bottom, I think the, the, the team up top, Penrith, is the one that is, is going to be most under the microscope because, as I said, they've been the bar raisers over the last couple of years. And to lose the likes of Kikau and Corus, I, I think, is... is uh, it's crucial. Now, just before we let you go, we'll circle back to that. I guess the top of the uh, conversation. Uh, have we sold out the? Uh, is it round three clash when the when the Bronx and the Dolphins get it on? It's going to be very close. Yeah, look, uh, Suncorp holds fifty two and a half. Um, I, I'm expecting forty five plus for that yeah. match, and possibly a sellout. Um, as I said, they've sold out their new stadium called KO Stadium uh, out on the peninsula, out at Redcliffe. But uh, that, you know, the, the, the capacity for that stadium is uh, minuscule compared to Suncorp. But, yeah, I think they're going to get very close to 52 and a half at Suncorp for that match. That would be amazing. I feel like we need to find a way to take the show over to Suncorp <laughs> Stadium in two weeks' time. Thank you so much for your time, Pat. Brilliant to be able to chat to you. Pleasure. Thank Thanks, you mate. so much. Pat Welsh joining us from our SEN stable across the ditch. He is on our SENQ, our Queensland breakfast show. What a man with a wealth of knowledge as well. He's been around the game for such a long time. He was uh, dropping stories from the 70s, Beef. Yeah, when uh, him and Wayne. Mm. Been, uh... Imagine the stories they could tell together. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I was reading up about the, the journo that came in and um, Wayne lit him up. Didn't, Wayne didn't appreciate some of the stories he's been writing about the, the Dolphins and let him up after the game inside the press conference. He's allowed, isn't he? He's allowed to do what he wants. He's yeah. allowed. Uh, well, did you see the little rift between uh, your team's teammates, Jerome Luai uh, and Jamin Salmon? They got caught in a heated exchange on camera after that game I and did. that loss. Yeah, I did, and uh, I was fascinated by it because... Um, it's a funny thing. So, so the crux of it is... Can we play the audio first? I'll play it, sorry. So if you listen carefully, obviously there's a lot of beefs because there's a lot of swearing going on. Uh, but Jerome Lewis said, I'm not blaming you for that pass, mate. I'm not blaming you, blaming you for that pass. He was blaming his teammate for an incident in that game that he thinks uh, cost him the match. Yeah, so he put a ball out in front of him and he didn't get on the end of it. And the guy's excuse was he's too tired. Tired? So, <laughs> what do you train pre-season for? So there's nothing more frustrating when you're a playmaker and you throw a pass and you know full well that's, that's, that, pass is, that's, that pass is fine, yeah. it's not good. Take an extra step. Take an extra step, but when someone either A, pulls their hands back, and that's that was always the one that used to do my head. Like they can't get to it. No, they pull their hands back and be like, oh, I thought it was going for someone else. And I was like, mate, it's literally half a metre in front of you. It's for you, don't worry about that. Or as Lawai was going on about there, the guy just couldn't be bothered moving forward to get it. 
And so, oh, there's nothing more infuriating. But they're both playmakers, so it was interesting. Uh, but, yeah, his excuse about, oh, I was too tired, mate, it was the only one I didn't push up on. Mm, geez, I don't know if it would wash. Nah. Not, not at that level. No. Not way. at that level. I'm not sure that doesn't wash with Ivan Cleary either. No, no. So, no, for, for, for people understanding, if you envision once you've passed the ball out to one of your, your left or your right, and if you see someone with uh, concrete in his boots mm. and or pulling his hands away, yeah, that's what we're talking about there, not moving forward onto it. But do you usually single out your teammate and say to them, pull your bleep socks uh, so, up during the game or do you just give them the look and leave oh, it? I'd be a look. It'd be a look from you. Be a yeah. sharp glare. Or an elbow. <laughs> Depends if they get close enough. From me, it'd be a sharp glare. <laughs> so they know. Yeah. That's when they know. Oh, training, I'd like, I'd, you'd like them. Yeah. So you just talk about it and you move on. On the field. So these two will be fine this week? Yeah, I'd think so. On the field, you'd glare. But if it was at training, you'd say... <laughs> Excuse me. You don't want there to be problems. You don't want there to be a rift uh, between teammates this early in the season with this back-to-back premiership winning side. Beav, is this the first crack? No, they're fine. They're showing fine. signs of cracks. No, they're showing signs of competitiveness. Yes. And uh, no, but it's going to be a long a long road to that three-peat. Okay, well, um, speaking of audio, team, rest assured, we have found it. We have found the audio from last week. Our Super Rugby tipping competition between Beav and myself. <laughs> Remember what you said, Beav? Uh, I went Brumbies and no, I you didn't. went Reds. No, you didn't. 4pm Sunday, we've got Sunday afternoon football, uh, Blues, Brumbies. Beaver won't be feeling very well by this uh, stage of the weekend, <laughs> but he'll be forced to watch a good old-fashioned uh, dust-up. Blues beating the Brumbies for me, Beav. Mmm... You've been saying Brumbies all week. They're at four dollars forty. Put your money where your mouth is, Beef. <laughs> Coming from old Waratah's girl over there, uh, I'll stick with the Blues just to cover my backside with You've you. You said the fair. Brumbies. I'm probably warning the TAB. I probably will. Okay, but, but you're going to go Blues this you. time around. We've heard this before, Beef. The insurance money puts <laughs> money on the Brumbies on this TAB account, but on radio, guys. He says the blues. I gave him every option too. Every option. I was covering you because you're not prepared to take a risk in this competition. And clearly be, neither are you. And you'll be less and you'll be less inclined to uh, clearly am I. You're three 0 down, Beef. Yeah, well, I've taken risk. Weeks. I'm a risk taker. I don't know where you're gonna make these points up. No, I don't know. Because... I'll have to start throwing some games. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, Hurricanes Blues, here you go. If if the if Artie's playing, maybe the Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> Way to commit. Way to commit. Where are you going? I'm Hurricanes, all the way. Are you all day? Yeah. Oh, I will yeah. stick with that. I'm day stick one. Stick with that before the judiciary tonight. <laughs> You're going them either way. Yeah, because, you know, the young up-and-comer luck, I will be able to play number eight. Mm, Cam Roygaard yeah. will just be scoring tries left, right and centre. Could center. be an all-black troll at nine. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, no, no. You're going Kane's calling yep. it early. All in. He doesn't need four days. No, all in. So anyway, uh, <laughs> back to the score, beef. I am up by three, thank you very much. You got the end of the chief, you think? Oh. I'm not going to give you that easy out. <laughs> Landers paying six dollars. Yeah, but are you, you going to say the Chiefs on radio and then pick the Landers on your TAB you account? Said you, you said you've got a gut feeling about the Landers this week. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I did not. No, I'm going the Chiefs. Uh, but uh, we'll be talking about that. Our Super Rugby tips on Thursday, and we'll review them every Monday.
This is the run home on SENZ and it is time now for our Super Rugby Pacific and Super Rugby Opiki Player of the Weekend. All thanks to DHL, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch the action live on Sky Sport or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. I'm going to go first, Beave, and I've picked out my Super Rugby Opiki Player of the Week. It's not a player, it's a play, and it involves two players. If you didn't see it, this is has to be one of the greatest tries of the year. It was outstanding at North Harbour Stadium between the Blues Woman and the Chiefs Manawa. Georgia Dales teamed up with Tanika Willison for her second try, and it's unbelievable. Off they go. Marino Tauhinu goes wide. Now some space out here. Willison leaves it behind. Ball there still for Dales. It's gone backwards. Willison around the outside. A chip and chase. And now the race is on at the back. The bounce. Sits up, does it. The flag's gone up. So it is. No, it isn't. Chiefs have raced away. And Dales scores under the sticks. The ball is literally out, or it seems like it's headed over uh, towards out of the field. Tanika Willison's out, jumps in the field, grabs the ball, brings it back in play, puts a left foot chip kick in and the rest is history. One of the great tries of the year and that's why our Super Rugby Opiki Players of the Weekend have to be Georgia Dales and Tanika Willison. For you, Beeve, you ran your eye over all the action in Melbourne, so your Super mm. Rugby Pacific player has to be who? Well, as you said, I, I ran my eye over all the action and uh, I don't think I've ever been so well prepared for this segment. And this week, he was the guy that I first laid my eyes on this weekend and thought, my goodness, he's playing wonderful football at the moment. And it was David Harvey for the Crusaders on Friday night in a clinic. And probably, although it wasn't the tightest match, it was probably one of the more enjoyable ones because just how good and razor sharp, no pun intended, it just happened, uh, razor sharp the Crusaders were. Cheap as uh, you're sharp too. Yeah, thank you. We'll send you to Melbourne every weekend. <laughs> no, please don't. And that is our Super Rugby Players of the Weekend, all thanks to DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Right, oh, time to do the Goldie Awards as well. This is where we name our top five players of the weekend as voted by you and a combination of our votes as well. Five points for the best performing player, four for the second, three for the third, uh, and all the way down to one, of course. We calculate the votes at the end of the season and we will name our SNZ Run Home Goldie medalist for 2023. Last week, Mark Talia had the top points. Five, Damian McKenzie, four points. Brody Retallick, three points. Bowden Barrett, two. Jeremy Thrush, one. Beaver, give us our top five. You want to start down the bottom? Who gets a single point for this week? This week, a single point goes to friend of a show, Ethan Blackadder. Thought he was very strong for the Crusaders up front. Number two, who also gets two points, ironically, is Bradley Weber. Thought he was outstanding for the Chiefs in their, I was going to say demolition of Moana, but Moana showed a bit of character and came back in the end. But yes, Brad Weber, he has started this season like a man that went back to training early. That has got himself as fit as he can and is hell-bent on making sure that he goes to Paris on an all-black plane. Well, number three, and I'd say he's going to feature a fair bit this year, but three points this week goes to Hurricane Supremo, Geordie Barrett. He was unbelievable, and I dare say if he's going to give Kirst his win this weekend, then Geordie Barrett will have to be another 9 out of 10 performance from the all-black midfielder slash fullback. Number two, Richie Moanga. He was at his absolute super rugby dazzling best in the weekend when he... 
when he decides to run cursed, as you're watching it unfold, it really is something quite special. His ability to change direction, whew, it's up there with the best you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. He can move on an absolute die. And number one, it's no surprises, he was my match of the, not my match of the round, my player of the round. And it is the one and only David Harvilli, also of Crusader fame, rounding out the Goldies. Yes, David Harvilli will rock it up that leaderboard. And ironically, we've had no one with no. repeat repeat numbers. So no. he will sit atop of a table with Mark Talia. Yes, they will be a joint equal first at the moment. A totally different five, which means we've got uh, a top ten at the mm. moment for our Goldie Awards after week two. Well, we've got news and sport with Johnny Mac. When we come back, we're going hit, to hit the text line before we bring Ricardo Ball in to drown his sorrows. I'd see the day when Beaver just sits here and marvels at the Crusaders' backs <laughs> going to work. And he's been doing it, people. He's been doing it. Well, I get a lot of criticism about uh, so-called, uh, you know, knocks on the Crusaders. You know, it's it's not at all. I, I sat there. Behind closed doors, Ugh. he can appreciate. I, yeah, I mean, it's all a front. Um, I sat there in Melbourne, was marvelled at, uh, not Marvel Stadium, as another stadium in Melbourne. You're being very funny today. <laughs> First razor sharp and now marvelling next to Marvel Stadium. And this one here, you can't see it because this is radio, not TV. Oh, they try. But uh, the chip kicked back. They were playing with them. They oh, yeah. were literally playing with the Highlanders, the Crusaders. But, like, I bumped into, I went and saw um, a relative of mine who also was in Melbourne over the weekend, and they, he happened to be staying at the same hotel as the, Crusa uh, the, as the Highlanders, and I saw them in the morning, and there's just, a, I guess, a youngness to them, you know? And when you, I thought to myself, geez, these are a lot of young boys. Mm. Um, if the Crusaders get hot tonight, then it could be a long day at the office. And, mm. and it, it was. It, it proved to be. You're right. They literally look like they've got all these moves that they have been practicing at training, and they just put them out, seeing what comes off. And they all did. Yeah. Every move. And the, and I guess it all the confidence that was flooding through the the Crusaders boys. Sebu Reese just again watching live, you get a different appreciation. But his work rate, he just goes from one side of the field to the other, being a threat, not always touching the ball, but just being a threat around the Moangas, around the Harvillies, around Mitch Drummond, and uh, it really was. Quite the clinic, but obviously there will be bigger tests for the Crusaders, so we won't be giving them the title just yet. No, um, because we've seen no more than seven days ago what it was like when they when they met the mighty Chiefs. Is it a straight shootout between Sebi Reese and Mark Talia? Well, it'd have to be, wouldn't it? Oh, like I mean, as good as Mark Talia has been and was last week, I don't think you'd write off Sebi Reese. No, well, he's the incumbent, isn't hmm. he? And they reward experience. Always. Yep, he was at the last World Cup, so yep. he's, he's had that experience. But um, no, and, and I mean, where does Sean Stevenson sit in all this? If he can, keeps putting together a, com, you know, a combined Super Rugby oh, comp. Baby, you, you've already said Cam Roygaard is going to be a bolter. You can't have Sean Stevenson, Cam Roygaard and... Cortez. Cortez yeah, and Ollie Norris, all yeah, bolters for the World Cup this year. What, four uh, bolters uh, out of 33. 
and it helps it helps if I know you. Uh, <laughs> that gets you a foot in the door. Uh, in my team, obviously, not in Fozzie's team. But no, I mean, yeah, I I still think there's room for a couple. And even big Leicester being back to his best mm. as well. Don't don't forget about Leicester. Don't forget about Leicester. Uh, we won't forget about you on the text line either. A uh, potential topic for Teamless Tuesday tomorrow. Craig, good luck formulating a Teamless Tuesday based on the census. St- statisticians, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I should have yeah, left yes. that to you. It is a census tomorrow. Have you? Do we have documents have for that? Have you done that? What do we have to do for that? I think it's online. Oh, is it? No, the modern day. Because it used to be... Used to be like a voting slip, anyway, wasn't it? Like mm. you used to get delivered a pack to your house. Mm. It's literally population grabbing, isn't it? Yes. Information. Do you, do you know any statisticians that we could get an early vote for our teamless Tuesday? Uh, James Parsons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent I spent a few hours with James Parsons over the weekend, and he he was talking to me about stats. He is, isn't yeah. he? He's is yeah. a stats man. <laughs> no. James Parsons for the vote then. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I think Jim is actually probably listening. He's probably listening on his way back from the airport right now. Get him on, uh, Michael. Enjoyed uh, Hurricanes Poa one point one over Matatu in Super Rugby Opiki over the weekend. Yes, first win in the competition this year. Craig, that age old saying sticks and stones may break my bones but names will never hurt me. Throat slitting gestures on the other hand will at least provide a temporary distraction from the coaching imbroglio. Judiciary shouldn't be far away now B, 20 minutes or so before Adi Savia fronts up. What's his what does he go in there saying with the lawyers? Uh, I'm just, just checking there's been no announcement where we can live stream it. They haven't gone on my idea of 10 bucks let's live stream this one. 10 bucks? Yeah. Charge more than that, couldn't they? Yeah, he probably could. Uh, what's he saying defence-wise? Um, well, if he's... Si- I'm sorry. <sighs> oh, he just, for me, oh, I'm the wrong person to ask on this. I just, I just, we're not allowed to, you're not allowed to do anything physical to reprimand. Like, you're talking about little halfbacks mouthing off to very tough men. No, 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 no. At some stage, there's going to be repercussions. And we're seeing it, it just happens to be on TV right now. And please, yes, I, yes, the throat thing, but hardly. It's not It's not a big deal. But sure. he's not going to kill him, otherwise he would have gone for it. He would have lashed out. I'm sure he could do some damage if he wanted to on Ryan Lawrence. I'm, I'm sure he could. And the only, thing, the only thing that really annoys me out of all of us, Kirst, and, and we've already talked about it, is it's going to make it tougher for the Hurricanes this weekend, and I've got them as my pick to beat your Blues, but... Like, what a blockbuster game. We need blockbuster games with, with all the big superstars playing. We do. Don't rob us because some little Melbourne bugger got a bit lippy to Artie. Two quick texts on our text topic today. Uh, the greatest debut after the Redcliffe's Dolphins performance against the Roosters. Brent, Brent says North Harbour NPC rugby union team in the 1980s. How good was that side? Jim from Tamuka, best performance. Baby Blacks versus France at Lancaster Park. The game was epic and new long-time All Blacks were discovered. How hot was Melbourne and would the Heat have played its part in the Blues game? Both teams looked absolutely knackered during that 80 minutes. Yeah, interesting one, that one. For me, it'd be both for, between the Blues and people living in Canberra. I couldn't imagine it would have been any any different for for both the boys. But certainly, it was hot. They were fatigued as buggery, and uh, yeah, I'd certainly think it would have played a part over the weekend. But I don't think it would have favoured any one team any more than the others. Maybe apart from the Hollanders, but actually Friday was quite cold, <laughs> and it was at night time. David, I've seen your text. We're going to put it to Ricardo. Right after this, stay with us for your Man United counselling session. 
the storm Hold your hand up high And don't be afraid of the dark Well, every now and again on the show, we can't just be ruthless sports hacks. We need to look internally and support our team. Today is one of those days, and we have an SENZ team member who is hurting more than most. Here's why. Latterly with a, a muscle problem for the uh, first two or three weeks now. This is Robertson drifting in field. Diego Dallo oh. going with him. Robertson's picked an excellent ball for Cody Gakpo. Cuts in field onto the right foot, finds the far corner, and Liverpool lead. Darwin Nunez will lead the counter-attack. He has Gakpo and Salah ahead of him. Elliot was making ground as well. The attempted through ball cut out by McTominay. It will break though for Mo Salah to thump in the fourth. Emphatic finish in off the bar. Liverpool four, Manchester United nil. And Mo Salah isn't finished yet. He's on a hat-trick. He's unselfish in playing it through towards Roberto Firmino. No, no. Who squeezes in the seventh. 7-0 Seven Liverpool. Firmino off the bench. A roar of celebration as he begins a farewell tour. But is this farewell to Manchester United's title hopes? 7-zip. Liverpool over Manchester United at Anfield. And when you've got one of the club's legends, Roy Keane, coming out and saying the circus is back in town, worst performance <laughs> in the club's history, worst defeat. Ricardo Ball, how do you respond to something like that? How are you feeling today? Oh, I, I can't really talk. I can't really say how I was feeling, um, to be fair. It's okay. This is your counselling session. Yeah, I know. But there's a thing called the BSA. Um, so, you know, I, I can't really say how I was feeling. But, yeah, mate, honestly, like, you know, you get up at 20 past five in the morning. You've been tracking pretty well. Your team's been winning. Well, look at last week. Yeah, exactly. One that, you know, put a pot in the cupboard for the first time in six years. Um, and and then, yeah. I mean, to be fair, even, you know, half time, I thought we were in the game. I mean, one nil. There's hidings in sport, but seven goals in a football match. Yeah, you're not that bad. What no. happened? How do you explain it? Well, I don't. Know. There's a there's a couple of things I think. Um, one of them is that Liverpool have started to come into some sort of form, and they've they've had a terrible season, right? Liverpool, they've been down in mid table, but they've won their last couple, and then on the weekend. The two teams that they're likely to catch to get that fourth place for Champions League football next season, Newcastle and Spurs, both lost. So it was like a massive carrot for them. If they won this game, they could close that gap. So there was that. And then I also look at the amount of football United have played. Since January the 1st, mm. they've played 19 games in two months, um, which is about six, yeah, just over 60 days. Uh, Liverpool, by comparison, have played 13. So United in far more competitions, uh, playing far, far more football, and they just don't have the depth of squad. I think, you know, Eric Ten Hag just, he trusts about 14 or 15 guys out of the out of the 23, um, and he just keeps playing them. And I think today we just saw them go down and then just lose lose their legs and lose, you know, uh, it all fell apart at 2-0, to be honest, and it was pretty pretty, pretty ugly. Mm. Now, those around the office can tell you visibly, uh, both mentally, physically rattled today, Ricardo. Uh, would, it, would it hurt so much if you didn't have to get out of bed so early to watch this? <laughs> that, well, that just rubs rubs salt yes. into the wound, doesn't it? You know, it rubs salt into the wound. You made the effort. I made the effort. On the yeah. other side of the world to get out, out of bed. Yeah. 
But it would have been just as nice just to stay in yeah, yeah, after yeah. a long weekend. Yeah, you know, set it to record and maybe watch it later on. Uh, that doesn't work for football, unfortunately. Because I've got too many football friends, I just get messaged left, right, and centre. So I either watch it live or I don't watch well, it at all. You hear about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so no, that did hurt. But, I mean, you know, you put that out, out there, Beave, and it's like... I mean, you, you as a former pro athlete, or actually you haven't retired, so as a current pro athlete, um, 19 games in 65 days, I think is yeah. what it comes out. I mean, what does that do to a, not only your body, but also your mind? Yeah, and the, I guess, you know, I can't speak of what a football footballer's body goes through, but certainly mind, that's a lot of, you know, and yes, you can say that the professional and you should be able to get up, but getting up is an art form, and even the best that there's ever been will if they're telling you the truth, wouldn't have been able to get up every week or get up every game, so to speak. And obviously, it's not every week at the moment. If you're if you're Man U, it's certainly... It's every three days. It's every three days. Yeah. But obviously, Man U, for us Man U fans, Ricardo, have certainly shown some good signs this year and mm. are, as you say, they're, they're competing for many titles at the moment and have one already locked away. Does this do much to take any of a shine off that as long as they sort of get back on the horse as quick as they can? No, probably not. Uh, I mean, you never like to lose to Liverpool. It's like the Liverpool-Manchester United rivalry is, the, I think, probably the most passionate rivalry in English football. And it's not just a loss, is it? No. It's, it's, it's a hiding. It's the equivalent of probably losing, I don't know, to the Crusaders by 90 at the moment. Yeah, mm. yeah, or losing, I don't know, 61-17 to the Bulls. Yeah, yeah no, that's a big, that's a big result. <laughs> yeah, that's a big result. Yeah, yeah. You, you know how that feels. Mm. Um, I've got to read a couple of texts to you. I'm sorry, Ricardo. Okay. Uh, Michael says, go Liverpool. Yes, boy. Mm. Uh, and David uh, just wanted to let you know that he's setting up a Give a Little page so that Man U supporters in New Zealand can get some counselling. Go the Gunners. That's from David at Blackball West Coast. Okay, thank you for reaching out, David. Um, I, I would actually also like to say thank you to Niv, uh, one of our colleagues here who is a Liverpool fan. He texted me today and said, oh, listen, mate, I know it'll be hurting, so I've left you a drink in the fridge. And oh, I get in. Someone of, needs it more than you. No, a can of 7-Up. Up. 7 up. Yeah, well played, Niv. Very clever. Well played, yeah. Uh, i tell you the other thing that hurt a bit that yes. I think might have been, been missed is that uh, the owners of Manchester United are not well loved by the United owners, uh, the United fans. And they were chasing this kid called Cody Gakpo uh, from PSV. Uh, in the in the off season, and the club said no, you can't have him. Too much money. Uh, we're not we're not going to do it. He had put in a transfer request publicly. Said he wanted to move to Manchester United. Liverpool bought him. Who scored two goals today? <laughs> and that's on the owners. Mm. Otherwise, he could have been in a different shirt. Oh, t- tough morning, but mm. you know your team will bounce back, Ricardo. Thank you for being involved in our counselling session. We hope that you've shed that deadwood and that you feel better before your show coming up tonight. Uh, multiple shows, actually. Just quickly tell us what you have coming up in the next multiple hours. Uh, well, so we've got uh, me and Justin Marshall doing In the Red, talking Crusaders for half an hour, and then Peter Alatini and I doing Pacific Flair, which is all Moana Pacific. And we've got Ofisa Tanu yes. coming on as well as former All Black halfback. Uh, we've got At the Oki, the Dart show from nine, which has been in uh, Big Ben Rob and, and Ben Francis. And between eight and nine, we'll be looking at the NRL opening round with Stephen Gallagher from Sports Freak and Tony Adams, the mole from um, Channel Nine as well. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for coming on the show, Ricardo. Look forward to listening tonight. Thank, thank you, Dr. Stanway. <laughs> uh, text in here. Uh, Kirsten B, wondering what the player buying budgets are for the super franchises. The Blues, it's got to be bigger than the Landers. Where's the equity there? Is it or is it those third-party sponsorship deals that you can get 
Bowden Barrett could get bigger deals in Auckland than he could anywhere else in the country? Yeah, what does it be? Oh, is that, there's certainly the third party aspects to it, but and obviously you don't have to be genius to work out what areas have got the the biggest third party dollars. But it's also it's also very much on players got to be motivated to go places, and unfortunately right now the 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 up and comers aren't seen to be signing off the landers. Yes, uh, and another message in here. Beeb and Kirst, 1986, baby All Blacks win over France, uh, 18-9. As a proud Otago supporter, it's the first time I change channels to watch the Warriors. I'm like Beeb, a poor loser from Jeff the Ref. Well, Jeff, you never want to get used to losing, do you? So if you become a good loser, then you've got used to it too much. Oh, Gaz. So keep being poor. Gaz, if it helps any, Ricardo, my mate and his family stood on the roof waiting in the dark for a helicopter to save them from the flood. So it's not all that bad at the end of the day. No one died. Thank you for your message, Gaz. We'll be back tomorrow right here on The Run Home. All thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blunston with Kirsten B. Teamless Tuesday, plus a whole lot more. Have a wonderful night.